0: Has God ever set you up? You look back on a situation, encounter, conversation, or moment, and you realize that God designed all of it to teach you something extremely valuable. You've gone into it thinking one way and came out of it thinking another. I certainly have, and I needed to. God realized how very stubborn I am and how very right I feel about some things and he has to come at me from every angle in order for me to get with his program. That's how it was with Peter. Throughout the 10th chapter of the book of Acts, God is setting Peter up. Let's see if we can learn the significant truths that he did. The first thing is that God has arranged for Peter to stay with a tanner. We can let that point slip right by us if we don't realize what that occupation and connection signifies. A tanner is someone who works with leather, but to do so means that he has to work with dead animals. And this constant contact with the dead makes him unclean in the Jewish tradition. Leviticus 5 tells us, suppose you unknowingly touch something that ceremonially unclean, such as the carcass of an unclean animal, when you realize what you've done, you must admit your defilement and your guilt. This is true whether it's a wild animal, a domestic animal, or an animal that scurries along the ground. And if you touch something unclean and then participate in eating meat from a peace offering, then you would be cut off from the community. Thus, even though Simon was a Jew, he was considered an outcast by society. The stench alone forced tanners to live on the outskirts of the city, for their work involved the use of animal or human waste to treat the hides, and often they had to let the flesh rot off the hides. What a smelly, horrible business! But it was his constant contact with unclean dead animals that it would have pushed Simon to the fringes of society. And remember, Peter was on the rooftop waiting for his meal, a meal made in the home of a tanner which would make the food unclean. Perhaps Peter was a little squeamish about that, and thus he may have interpreted the vision he received from God as confirmation that it was acceptable for him to be staying and eating with Simon the tenor. <laughs> but of course, that wasn't all God wanted him to understand, for immediately Cornelius' men stood at the door. Yet just to be sure that Peter understood what God was doing, the Holy Spirit said, Get up. Go downstairs and go with them without hesitation. Don't worry, for I've sent them. When Peter meets Cornelius, he confirms that God has set up this meeting between a Jew and a Gentile. God has shown me that I should no longer think of anyone as impure or unclean, so I came without objection as soon as I was sent for. Peter may have initially thought the vision was to confirm that it was okay to stay with Simon the Tanner, but with the request from a Cornelius, Peter realized that God was extending his hand of grace to not just the outcasts of Jewish society, but to the Gentiles as well but he still isn't sure what he's supposed to say or do until Cornelius explains his angelic vision. It's only then that Peter realizes that the invitation of God's grace doesn't just mean associating with someone, but reaching out to them with the message of salvation through Jesus Christ. I see very clearly. I love that statement don't we wish we could all say that don't we wish we could all get what god was saying and doing accurately at last peter did what did he understand that god shows no favoritism in every nation he accepts those who fear him and do what is right it was a light-bulb moment for Peter. He was putting together Jesus' final instructions to him. Go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given. Go, make, teach. And the instructions before his ascension, you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in jerusalem throughout judea in samaria and to the ends of the earth by the way peter that doesn't just mean the jews that means everyone everywhere no favoritism apostle paul got it for he wrote to the ephesians gentile converts and he opens to them with i am writing to god's holy people in ephesus who are faithful followers of Jesus Christ, telling them Christ himself has brought peace to us. He united Jews and Gentiles into one people. When in his own body on the cross, he broke down the wall of hostility that separated us. He did this by ending the system of law with its commandments and regulations. He made peace between Jews and Gentiles by creating within himself One new people between the two groups. Together as one body, Christ reconciled both groups to God by means of his death on the cross, and our hostility toward one another was put to death. And Paul wrote this while he was imprisoned in Rome, when Jews and Gentiles alike deemed his life and his message mortally inappropriate and worthy of incarceration, even death what about us? Do we show favoritism? Would we choose to stay with someone who's considered unclean within the Christian community? How would we feel about bringing Jesus to someone we've been strictly instructed that God doesn't welcome into his house or allow to participate in his ceremonies? Is our dividing wall broken down? Peter did, and he wanted his Jewish friends to see it, for he says, this is the message of good news for the people of Israel, that there is peace with God through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. The good news message that God has is that there is peace with God for all humanity. Jesus spoke it to Nicodemus in the dead of night, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. God gave his son so that everyone who believes will live forevermore with him. Then Peter reminds them of John's message of repentance leading to water baptism. For Jesus spoke even to those that John sent. Go and tell John what you hear and see. The blind receive their sight. The lame walk. The lepers are cleansed. Cleanse the deaf here, the dead are raised, and the poor have good news brought to them. Next, Peter reminds them of the life and work of Jesus, who, anointed by the Holy Spirit in power, healed the oppressed because God was with him. Why this review to his audience? He wanted both Jews and Gentiles to remember what they'd heard and seen about Jesus, for nothing Jesus had done was done in secret, but for all to see and marvel at the power of God. He wanted the God-fearing Jews and Gentiles alike to remember What was spoken about Jesus and his ministry, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me for the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to comfort the brokenhearted and to proclaim that captives will be released and prisoners will be freed. But Jesus wasn't just healing the body. He didn't just do acts of kindness to others. Peter reassured them that he was an eyewitness of the risen Lord. That yes, Jesus did die on the cross, but the grave couldn't hold him. Death didn't destroy him. God raised him to life on the third day. And Peter as his friends saw him, ate and drank with him as evidenced by the meal with the Sea of Galilee that the prophets who testified of a Messiah were speaking about Jesus, just as Jesus told the Jewish leaders in John 5, 39, you search the scriptures because you think they give you eternal life. But the scriptures point to me. With his friends on the road to Emmaus, he took them through the writings of Moses and all the prophets, explaining from all the scriptures the things concerning himself. Peter knew that Cornelius had read the Old Testament as a God-fearing, devout man, albeit a Gentile, and that he prayed regularly to God, and God heard his prayers, and that the testimony of Scripture would be important to him. But now Cornelius needed to understand that Jesus is the one appointed by God to be judge of all, the living and the dead. He is the one All the prophets testified about, saying that everyone who believes in him will have their sins forgiven through his name. Peter was declaring that Jesus Christ is the Messiah, the promised and anointed one, the one who would reconcile the whole world to God, as the prophet Joel foretold. For everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. As John wrote in his letters to the churches, Jesus himself is the sacrifice that atones for our sins, and not only our sins, but the sins of all the world. He is the good shepherd who searched for his sheep, not just from the Jewish fold, but the Gentile fold also, and brought them to himself because they will listen to his voice and all will become one flock with one shepherd. Cornelius may have remembered Isaiah's words. Yes, the sovereign Lord is coming in power. He will rule with a powerful arm. See, he brings his reward with Him as he comes. He will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will carry the lambs in his arms, holding them close to his heart. He will gently lead the mother sheep with their young. And what happened in that moment? The Holy Spirit fell upon all who were listening to the message. As evidenced, Cornelius and his household spoke in other tongues and praised God. Acts chapter 2 was being repeated with Cornelius' household. The word Peter had spoken as Pentecost was being fulfilled. Each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins then you will receive the gift of the holy spirit this promise is to you and to your children even to the gentiles all who have been called upon the name of the, all who have called upon the name of the lord our god Up to this point, Peter himself hadn't realized that God was reaching out to the Gentiles. At least he hadn't engaged in cross-cultural ministry before, but here he was, in this God-ordained moment, bringing the gospel message of Christ's salvation to a Gentile household, to a Roman centurion no less, a man in the natural, hated for his involvement with the government that oppressed the Jewish people. A man in his position of one who had seen to the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. A man whose leader declared himself God, and his words good news for the people. For the Roman Emperor Augustus, in taking the throne, declared his decrees glad tidings of gospels. For his written of him for the world the birthday of the god caesar was the beginning of his good messages in proclaiming the good news of peace brought by jesus death and resurrection peter was challenging augustus's claim to be the world's savior and proclaiming jesus as the savior of the world as Cornelius would have read in Isaiah 52, 7, how beautiful on the mountains are the feet of the messenger who brings good news, the good news of peace and salvation, the news that the God of Israel reigns. Paul would write to the Romans about this saying, God promised this good news long ago through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures. The good news is about his son. In his earthly life, he was born into King David's family line and he was shown to be the son of God when he he was raised from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit. He is Jesus Christ, our Lord. Through Christ, God has given us the privilege and authority as apostles to tell Gentiles everywhere what God has done for them so that they will believe and obey him, bringing glory to his name. As Peter has given evidence of seeing and walking with Jesus, so the Holy Spirit gave evidence that the good news was designed for all people, that salvation from sin and brokenness and separation from God was eradicated by the life of Jesus Christ. That the Holy Spirit was no respecter of persons and would fill everyone who believed in Jesus. And if the Holy Spirit filled them, then water baptism was certainly available to them, for they had clearly repented, believed, and were saved. Who are we in this message? Are we Peter, the messenger? who had to lay aside his original prejudice and convictions to accept the Gentiles into the kingdom of God? Are we Cornelius or members of his household that could have taken offense when Peter said, you know it's against our laws for a Jewish man to enter a Gentile home like this, or to associate with you? Are we the Jewish brothers who accompanied Peter and are astonished to see that the Holy Spirit will come even to those we would have deemed unworthy or unwelcome to the kingdom of God. Are we willing to let God set us up to break down our barriers? Are we willing to receive his truths of the gospel, the good news for all humanity that sin, brokenness, and separation from God our Father are eradicated by the life, the power, the precious love of Jesus Christ? Let's begin there and see where he takes us. It will be a journey to wholeness that promises life forevermore.